Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Uh, it's Happy Hour Friday with the PT. It's brought to you by OddsTrader.com. To win in sports betting, you need the right live information. And Pete Thompson's about to give it to you. The best website to get, it is at OddsTrader.com, your personal sports betting command center. All right, PT, in the house. It's uh, Eagles-Cowboys this Sunday night. PT, I don't know if you saw the injury report, but uh, Eagles starting to get a little healthy. You starting to get excited? Oh uh, yeah, I mean uh, it's a shame Miles Sanders can't go, but I'm I'm happy that Lane Johnson will be back and was a participant today in practice. I mean we're starting to show signs of life, and the team on the other side is uh, Ben Denuzio or Denunzio or De De, De Sharpio or what's his name again? Pasta Fajul. What's his name again? All right. Any other jokes you got, PT? You want to get him out of your system here? Yes, absolutely. Since you're not the one that likes the jokes. Hunter usually likes them, but you hate them. All right, when I heard the name Ben, right, the first thing I thought of was, like, anytime you put that together, like, you're asking what's a denunzio or what's a denuzio, he's a carpenter, right? He's either a carpenter or a plumber or a contractor, right? He's not a quarterback, I'll tell you that. No, we looked James up his, Patterson, um, we looked up his, uh, yeah, what was it, his uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn page. His LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening. I, I, know, I know that. Okay, OPT. Okay, all right, Danucci. Um, Danunzio is the guy from Caddyshack, but whatever. Well, but, by the way, PT, I gave you, I threw a, a PTism out there earlier. We were talking about a soccer game. I said Bologna, and then he said uh, Bologna and cheese or something like that. I said, that's something Pete Thompson would say. 100%. I mean, listen, I could do the entire segment on Ben DiNucci's name and the fact that anybody that's a Ben with a D always makes me think of Craig Ferguson, who used to say Dover. You ever been to Dover? You ever been to Dover? Right? Like, you know, the joke there, right? Ben DiNucci, you know, it just, it's a funny name. But listen, we all remember Joe Webb, right, Mike Gill? Joe Webb, what he did? So, you know, we're sitting here making jokes at this guy's expense, and the fact that he's got a LinkedIn up, but you don't watch it. Some jerk off named Ben Danucci's going to beat the Eagles. <laughs> Joe Webb, by the way, um, he went to uh, where did he go? Oh, he played for the UAB Blazers. That's at least like a, a Division One school. Ben Danucci, you ever been to James Madison? My sister went there. I have been to wow. James Madison. It's, it's a beautiful campus. It's a beautiful campus, but it has to be one of the top five most boring places I've ever been in my life. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for nightlife and action, you better not go to Harrisonburg, Virginia. No. I mean, literally, that's – no. I mean, some of the buildings are still, the you know, they're the same ones that were there in, like, the 50s when they started the school. Yes. Well, I've heard this point, and I'm not saying I believe in it, but people say if you're going to make fun of JMU, how then can you look at Carson Wentz and say, well, you respect where he played college football? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the difference is out there, they have nothing else to follow, so the entire state's going to follow either North Dakota or North Dakota State, right? That's the difference in uh, Virginia, you've got UVA, right? You know, there's people that a lot of people lean toward Virginia Tech. I mean, you, you know, Gil's talking about Pitt versus West Virginia. You know, I mean, there's big programs that all kind of circulate out in that area. James Madison is well. Danucci started right? at Pitt, I mean, but he was so bad he had to go to uh, to JMU. Well, there you go. But I mean, listen, he's going to be the look. He'll never get more notoriety in his career 
that he's going to get on Sunday night primetime football. True. Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth. Well, you know, he doesn't need that LinkedIn page anymore. When he he's put that, when he, he might need it after this game. When he put that LinkedIn, page, <laughs> when he put that LinkedIn page up, did you think he ever thought he'd be playing on Sunday night football against the in an Eagles Cowboys game? No, no, absolutely not. You know, I, and it's funny. You know, I don't know about you, Gil, but like I still have a LinkedIn page. And I just ignore the thing now. But every so often I'll come by and be like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe I'll look at this thing. And, like, I'll look at it and I'll have, like, these messages that will say, hey, you know, I'm just graduating from journalism school. Do you think you can help me get a job in TV? I haven't been on TV since, like, five, six years. I mean, dude, do you read the bio? Do you follow that this isn't current? I mean, you know. By the way, by the way, Peter, uh, you're a handsome man. I don't know how you're not on television. But – that being said, uh, we just found out that Ben DiNucci at Pitt was stuck behind Nate Peterman, who also threw six interceptions in a game once. Five. Ah, well, see, if you're, if you're behind Jay Peterman, I'm sorry, Nate Peterman, then, yes, you're really not doing something right. I, I, I still say, though, like, look, here's the thing. Ben DiNucci may be Ben DiNucci, but the Cowboys' weapons – are still the Cowboys' weapons, right? I mean, you can't discount the fact that their receiving core is still who they are. I mean, Michael Gallup, C.B. Lamb, Amari Cooper, those guys don't suck, you know? So as long as it, it only takes one strike, it only takes one home run play to put them in the lead and turn the swell, right? I mean, listen, normally I am Dr. Optimistic. I'm the cheery, happy guy. Yes, we're getting people back, you know, but I also have that lurking Negadelphian in me that makes me sit there and think, Everybody's picking the Eagles. Everybody thinks this isn't going to be close. What are we missing? There's got to be something we're missing. PT, your football knowledge is tremendous, but you said something that stood out to me, and I can't get it out of my brain. You're just going to ignore these young gentlemen and ladies looking to get into the business after everything you've been in? You know, there's these people out there just looking for a little (laughs) advice, and you're going to shut them down. No, but I am going to chastise them for not reading the bio correctly. No, you know me. I talk to everybody. I answer everybody. You know, the thing is, is that I don't have LinkedIn on my phone. I don't go by it that often. So, like, if you're trying to reach me on LinkedIn, you're a moron, okay? If you're trying to reach out to me that way and you can't find me in some other direction or whatever, you know, you're, if you're going to reach me on LinkedIn you're trying to sell me linoleum or something or you want me to go to your consulting service, you're not really that starving college student. Look, the people that are in college, there's two people currently right now. There's a girl at University of Alabama and there's a girl at Temple, okay? And they're trying to get into business. And I will try to help them get into business, absolutely. Other people that are just blindly like, oh, that guy looks like he's on TV. I'll go to his LinkedIn page and reach out to him. Uh, that's not me anymore. Like, you know, you're not doing your homework. Pete Thompson, happy hour Friday. So, all right, this game Sunday night, they're an 11-point favorite now. All right, it went from 7.5 up to 11. Do we, we had Danny White on earlier. He said, you know, we talked about it. You know, the team kind of lacks leadership. They don't have, uh, you know, uh, that guy, that vocal guy on the sideline. Sal Powell said that he was at the game in Washington last week. He said it's a complete dysfunction. So you're worried still? No, I'm just, I, I just think that it would be so fitting that, you know, 
that would be the way that the the Eagles would, you know, everybody rowing in one direction always concerns me, you know, like it's a Sunday night football game. When all the national people pick one team, I always think like, what are we missing? Isn't there somebody out there that has a chance? So no, am I worried? No, I'm picking the Eagles. I won't get them. I won't say it yet, but I'm picking the Eagles. I'm not worried about that. I am, however, worried that being that it's sports, being that it's Philly sports, and being that it's always, you know, you're always one play away from the chance that, you know, it could start some avalanche. Listen, you know, uh, the Cowboys have Twitter and social media, too. They say they don't look at them. But, you know, don't you think, I mean, don't you think that it only takes one play from Ben DiNucci to Amari Cooper, for example, one miraculous catch to maybe get a little. Ah, but this is where line. this is where you know if you've looked at the numbers this week, Darius Slay has owned uh, Amari Cooper in those matchups when he was with Detroit. It's one of the things that they talked about when they got him was they finally got a guy who has shut down Amari Cooper because Cooper has killed the Eagles. I did see that. I think it's wonderful. And look. In a season where everybody's been hurt, I saw that, you know, I forget who wrote it, but I saw the piece that said that uh, Darius Slay's been everything advertised. In fact, the back end of the defense has been everything advertised. Take out the linebackers in the corner, the safety, you know, that side of the defense has been as good as advertised. But, but I heard you guys talking earlier, like, send everything at Ben DiNucci. That's not Jim Schwartz's style. He's not going to do it. He's just not going to do it. That stubborn SOB, the coaches, our defense is going to go. Our front four is going to beat their front four, and that's the way we're going to do it. And I'm sorry, I agree with the send some people at him. You know, shake some things up. Confuse the young man. Make him wonder, like, what coverage is coming? Who's coming next? But I don't think we're going to see that. I think he's just going to rely on the secondary to be the secondary and stand up tall, and hopefully, you know, the front four pressure gets there. I think you'll see it a little bit. He does do pretty well with young quarterbacks in this league, so he is accustomed to making sure he forces these quarterbacks to second-guess themselves and have to make a quick decision. I think you'll see it more than uh, than maybe you believe they will. All right. Well, we'll keep an over-under on the times that they've confused Ben DiNucci, and I will never be happier to be wrong on, say, Monday morning. All right. Or what am I on again? Tuesday. Tuesday. We'll, we'll update that. Uh Danucci appeared in 11 games at Pitt during his career. Six touchdowns, seven interceptions. He completed 54% of his passes, and Pitt was 3-8 and eight in those 11 games. So that's what the Eagles are up against. Uh, you won't have to see Nate Geary. He is out this week as well. He's out actually for the next three weeks. They are going to get back Jalen Rager. Uh, so it's going to be a, an interesting thing. I'm interested to see uh, Carson Wentz with this, I don't want to say full uh, brigade because he's not going to have Ertz. He will. He should have Goddard, but he won't have Sanders. But this is going to be. Do we think Goddard? I don't. I don't know that he will have Goddard. To be honest with you, I mean, I know uh, they Moser said, said he was trending that way. Moser said he was trending towards uh, playing. Okay. Well, I believe Moser. Well, he's the one who broke the news about Rieger yesterday, so I'll I'll believe him on that too. Now. Uh, he practiced. Absolutely. He practiced. Lane Johnson looks like he's going to be back. Jason Peters is going to be playing left tackle. So, I mean, this is as healthy as the team has been really since the first week of the season, which they weren't all that healthy then either. They didn't have Lane Johnson. They didn't have Miles Sanders in that game. Yeah, no, listen, I feel good about the chances, you know, and I'll tell you this, too. Uh, that was nice to you to slip in the Geary reference since you know that I can't stand that guy. But, uh, you know, listen, at, at the end of the day, uh, it's going to come out to uh, a couple of things. Uh, do the Cowboys have the heart and desire to win a football game? And do the Eagles have enough healthy bodies and ability to win a football game? And from what I saw from the Cowboys against the Washington football team, when they, I mean, that, that's just like in hockey, 
in hockey, you would you would trade that guy or cut that guy or never speak to him again. I mean, are you kidding me? You knock out the quarterback and nobody even bats a lie last. They just turn away and go, "Oh, sucks to be you." You know, that's not how you that's how you become a team. So, I mean, that, that reports to the divisiveness that we heard going into that game and then coming out of that game. There's nothing that says to me that the Cowboys are are going to fight you. But you know, again, I, I always have a little bit of worry. I always put a little. PT always puts a qualifier on it. Oh, and you asked me for Cowboys memories. Don't end this segment without making sure that I tell you my memories. All right, PT, what are some of your Cowboys memories, Eagles-Cowboys week memories? <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you what. The one that, because, like, I always went to my, you know, frostbite. I always go to my Wilbur Montgomery running away, right, from away from me in uh, 1980. But I forgot until after I hung up with you the other day. December 28th, 2008. Do you remember that Eagles-Cowboys game, Gil? Do you remember the circumstances about that game? Is that the uh, T.O. game? That is the game where for the Eagles to even get into the playoffs, three things had to happen. Oakland was a 13-point underdog, and they had to upset Tampa Bay on the road. Houston was a six-point underdog, and they had to knock off Chicago. And then, oh, by the way, the Eagles had to beat probably the better Cowboys at home at the link. And all three of those things happened. The Buccaneers, the Bears, and the Cowboys, they all started the game ahead of the Eagles. This was before they made it like everybody starts at the same time kind of thing, right? So they all started ahead of time. And by the time, you know, the players were watching the game in the locker room. And by the time they came, I mean, Eagles fans are watching in the parking lot, so they got a little sauced up, PT included, right? Houston beat the, uh, the Texans beat the Bears, then Oakland, that was the one. Oakland stunned the Buccaneers 31-24, and even by the time the crowd came in, then it was like, well, geez, is anybody going to play, you know? And, I mean, the, the Eagles just absolutely destroyed the Cowboys that day. I believe the final was what was it, 44-6 to six or something like that? It wasn't even close. I mean, and that, to me, is a recent Eagles-Cowboys memory where you sat there and thought, like, hey, uh, at least there's a chance, but, boy, this is a real long shot, you know. And, uh, my dear Lord, they got in. Everything fell away. It was a beautiful day. All right, uh, Pete Thompson, the pick is? I've got Cowboys 17. See, I did this backwards. Eagles 31. 31-17 Eagles. 31 17 Eagles win. They'll be three, four, and one. How about that, Peter? Uh, hey, man, uh, just keep on winning and then uh, take your little bye week and get everybody healthy and then win on the other side of the bye week and then we'll talk again. Yep, they'll have the G man there. PT will be back for Tuesday with Thompson. We'll get his reaction to the Eagles and the Cowboys. And he, like all guests, on this happy hour Friday appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. All right, Peter. All right, guys. Have a good weekend. Enjoyed it. Thank you. You do the same. Happy Hour Friday. With the PT is brought to you by OddsTrader.com. To win at sports betting, you need the right live information. The best website to get it is at OddsTrader.com. Your personal sports betting command center. All right. We got uh, Casey Joyner on the way. One thought every game, plus the matchups to watch in the Eagles-Dallas game. This Dallas defense is an atrocity. It has taken... The juice away from me. We did not wake up the same way we did on that Thursday. No. Not even close. No, not today. We started the show off by talking about how we should add a feature of us talking during the breaks. We didn't even start with talking about Eagles-Cowboys. Yeah, I'm not as juiced. No. I should be, though. Yeah, I, I am being selfish here. Cowboys need to be better. So this means more. Well, they're equal, 2-4-1, two, 2-5. and one, two and five. It's not Different like you're vibes. way better than them. Different vibes. I don't know. I mean, who who mentioned it? Mosher, I mean, you're a drop pass away or the guy in the call. You're a drop 
uh, anytime hotline call. You're a drop pass away from being one four or one five and one. Yeah, but every time that's happened to us with like the Engram play that's specifically sticking out, it's happened to the Eagles on the other side where they lost the game because Nelson Aguilar dropped one down the sideline or Jay Jaw dropped one in the end zone, right? I mean, it happens both ways. It sure does. The Eagles have lost a lot of bad games over these last couple of years. All right, when we come back, Casey Joyner has one thought on every game. There's more high school football tonight on 97.3 ESPN. This is Tom Williams, Mike Gill, and Back to the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. A happy hour Friday show wouldn't be complete without one thought on every game, plus the matchups to watch in the Eagles and Cowboys game with NFL insider Casey Joyner, thefootballscientist.com. It's brought to you by Matt Black Kia. They want to get you approved today. Matt Black Kia, 6211 Black Horse Pike in Egg Harbor Township. All right, the Eagles and Cowboys renew their rivalry with first place kind of on the line. The Eagles at 2-4-1, the Cowboys at 2-5. and five. Eagles getting a little healthier. Dallas is getting some players back as well. When you watch the tape of these two teams, though, let's see what we find out when you took, put the matchups together with Casey Joyner, uh, thefootballscientist.com. He joins us now on the Sports Bash Boardwalk Honda Hotline. Casey, welcome back, pal. Great to be here. All right, so Eagles-Cowboys, this is usually uh, for first place. It is again, but it has a lot different feel. Let's start off with <laughs> this um, – this Cowboys offensive line. Now, they're going to get some help back here, but their tackles have been an absolute mess. So when you look at that matchup, the Eagles defense, Jim Schwartz doesn't like to blitz a whole heck of a lot, but you got this offensive line that's a mess, and it looks like Ben DiNucci playing quarterback here. So how's that matchup look? Yeah, it doesn't look very good. I mean, it's it's if I'm the Eagles, yeah, you don't want to blitz, but it's a rookie quarterback. If you get the opportunity to do so, I think you have to do it just because – if I'm the Cowboys, I'm looking at them going, okay, their passing game has already been abysmal to begin with. They're not playing very well in the passing game. They can't pass block very well. They obviously cannot be able to run very well against the, the Eagles, or at least not with any consistency. I'm just looking at it going, if I'm the Eagles, I want to get out in front of the Cowboys team as fast as I possibly can. So I'm going to throw the we don't blitz a lot out the door and say, whatever we get an opportunity, blitz to formation, whatever we think we've got an opportunity to get after new chip, they want to throw, we want to make sure we're getting in his face because we think he can make mistakes. I'm, I'm as aggressive as I can be this week. Now, if they do throw, we know Slay was brought in here, and he has fared very well with Amari Cooper, who has killed the Eagles in the past. you got C.D. Lamb against Avante Maddox here, but the Eagles secondary should be able to hold up uh, against Ben DiNucci, you would think, even though the Cowboys have good weapons. Yeah, they should. I mean, Slay's allowing 7.6 yards per target so far this year per pro football reference. It's a good number. He, it's improving. In fact, the whole Eagles defense has basically been improving. I worry, though, about Roby Coleman. His numbers have not been improving, or they've been more hit and miss. So if I'm the Cowboys, if I'm looking at one particular matchup that I want to go after, that's probably the one I want to go after, because Roby Coleman has been... he's For the three of the first four games of the year, he allowed a double-digit yards per target. That's a bad number. You don't want to allow that. The last three is allowed fewer than six yards per target, but no got targeted twice in two of those games. So maybe they're going, uh, I, if I'm the Cowboys, that might be one matchup I might go after. Yep, and I know that uh, the Eagles linebackers have been a problem. Nate Geary's out this week, but the tight end's not a big part of this Cowboys offense, as much as it used to be anyway. No, definitely not. I mean, if they need to find a way. I mean, it's it's. I feel you feel bad for Danucci, but he's got players around him. I mean, if you're looking at Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb, that's if you're just talent-wise, that's probably – 
if it's not the best trio of wide receivers, maybe the Rams have a better trio, although I don't know what I think about Josh Reynolds as much, but I mean, it's, it's, it's right up there. If it's not the top, it's one of the top three or four, so they have the weapons to be able to do it. Again, I just, if I'm the Eagles, I'm playing a lot of press coverage. I'm doing a lot of things. I might, you know, I, I might do a lot of things just to put as much pressure on the Cowboys as I possibly could. All right. Zeke Elliott's had good games, uh, but not this year, and obviously uh, he's really struggled behind this offensive line. If the Cowboys want to run the ball, anything there for them this week? Uh, the thing about the, him is that you'll see this happen with running backs where when the offensive line starts to block poorly, they'll start to think, I can't trust my blocking, and I need to go try to make more out of a play than they should. So you might run a zone an inside or outside zone play, and instead of hitting it where you should, he goes, oh, wow, I can just cut back here away from the blocking entirely and go get some yardage myself. It doesn't work that way. It backs, the, the record, their track record when they do that is just atrocious. And I think Zeke is getting to the point where he's not trusting his blocking quite as much as he should. It's going to be tough to trust your blocking against the Eagles the way they've, they're, they're so, they get that uh, upfield pressure, one gap set up. It's going to be very difficult for him to do that, but he needs to because if he doesn't, he tries to freelance against his defense. It's a chance he hits a big play, but I'm not holding on the hope for it. All right, Eagles uh, offensive line, you're going to get Peters back. Looks like Lane Johnson's going to play, which means uh, this is probably the healthiest their line has been maybe since the second week of the season here. But uh, Miles Sanders is out. But should they be able to move the ball on the ground against this uh, Cowboys defense, which has been historically bad? Three of the past four weeks, the Cowboys have allowed 200 or more rushing yards. They've allowed 150 or more rushing yards four times this season. They've allowed 261 or more yards in two of the past four weeks. I mean, they're just – the thing about rush defense is you can get all the guys in the gaps you want. You can put an extra guy in the box. You can do a bunch of different things. But uh, it's you need to be able to, to win one-on-one matchups, and you need to be able to just you, – you have to be able to dominate up front. You have to win those matchups. If you don't, you're going to give up huge amounts of yardage. The way you win those matchups is to be physical and aggressive. The Cowboys' defense has been anything but. I don't think it's a matter of a scheme issue. I don't think it's a matter of a lack of talent. I think it's a lack of effort. The Cowboys give more effort than the Eagles might have some trouble running the ball, but if they give the same amount of effort they have, I think the Eagles could put up a buck fifty easy. Now, this is the first time that Carson Wentz is going to see some compliment of his receivers with Travis Fulgham, uh, who they kind of fell into. Uh, they're going to get Jalen Rager back this week. It looks like Goddard could play, and then, obviously, Obviously, Greg Ward, who's been very steady in the slot. So, uh, can you beat this team up through the air? You can't beat this team through the air. They only have three turnovers for the entire season. They only have one turnover in the past four games. The thing is, they haven't allowed more than 300 net passing yards in in a game this season. In fact, they've allowed fewer than 200 in the last two games, in part because teams just want to run the ball so much. And we always come into these contests, and this is what worries me about this matchup for the Eagles. We come into a contest where it's, hey, you ought to power run the football. And I get that you've got an injury in your backfield, and I get you're starting a backup running back, but you look at the matchup and you go, you guys should run the ball a lot in this matchup. And every time the Eagles do, if they think they can throw the ball, they go, now let's throw the football. And you just tear your hair out because it's like, no, this matchup screams you should run the ball. So they do have some matchups they could beat in the air. The Cowboys are not quite as good in the secondaries as have been in past years, but this is a matchup that just screams run the ball 35 times. I hope, I hope that they throw the ball fewer than 30 times because the Eagles are throwing the ball more than 30 times. It gives the Cowboys a much better chance. It'll be interesting to see because with Miles Sanders out, you got Boston Scott, and do they want to hand him the ball that many times? I mean, obviously they can miss Clement, uh, Corey Clement in and stuff, but that's the one issue with the Eagles. They've got some injury problems at running back here. Where's an area uh, where you think the Eagles just totally have an advantage? Uh, it has to be in, in that ground game. I mean, they're just, I've, I've not seen run defense, run defense play. They just, 
the, the, the lack of effort is the big thing. If you just if you are not aggressive in trying to stop the ground game, if you don't get up there and do it, you just you're going to get beat all the time. The Cowboys just aren't very aggressive there. But if I'm, I, that's one place I would worry about things for the Eagles. Uh, also, uh, the, uh, the uh, for the Cowboys, the Cowboys also have a cornerback, Trevon Diggs, who has I've got him rated as a Green Bay cornerback. He's not very good in coverage. He's given a double digit yards per attempt in multiple games this year. He might be slated to go against Fulgham, depending on how the the Cowboys line up the defense. So I'm looking at that, going, all right, if I do want to go over to Dirk you want to get in the pass again, that's one matchup I want to go after. If the Eagles are struggling in this game, what happened? If the Eagles are struggling in this game, what happened is that they got away from the ground game and they decided to throw the ball too much and they ended up trying to to keep their, their, their air game going. That's going to be what could do something for them because the way Wentz is throwing picks and such, if he happens to you know get up and uh, try, try some of these less than favorable passing matchups and goes up and say, throws a bunch of passes against Anthony Brown, let's say, and he gets a pick or two, that's going to be a big problem for the for the uh, Eagles because then it could put the Cowboys in the situations where all they have to do is manufacture a play or two instead of a drive or two, and that could be a difference maker. All right. What kind of game we see here? We will talk to Casey Joyner about that in just a minute. We'll get his pick on the game, who he likes and why. Uh, But first, it is time to take a look at one thought on every game in week number eight of the NFL. It started on Thursday night with an Atlanta win. They go on the road to beat the Carolina Panthers. Uh, That was a little bit of a disappointing effort, I thought, by the Panthers last night. They look tired. It, was, it used to be, you know, the past few years, you'd look at a Thursday night game and go, boy, that team was tired. They weren't really into that matchup. But, you know, they just didn't. Thursday nights, they're not fired up for it. That's what it looked like last night for the Panthers. They just didn't look like they wanted to be there. And that's that's a bad sign for, I mean, maybe one time thing, but you don't want to see that in the future. Yeah, I was uh, I was pretty surprised. I like Rule. I thought that they, you know, they, they put up a lot of points, and Atlanta's defense is bad. Uh, they just didn't bring it uh, on Thursday night football. All right, let's look at the Sunday slate here with Casey Joyner. New England, Buffalo. This is the first time I think I've ever seen New England as an underdog to Buffalo in 25 years. But Buffalo's favored here. They get the home game. It's time to put your foot on the neck of the Patriots if you really want to put the Patriots out of their misery. Yeah, you do. The Patriots run defense. They've allowed 332 yards in the past two games. In New England, outside of that Seattle game, they haven't posted a single contest to 200 net passing yards. They've only scored 28 points over the past three games, and they've given up 11 turnovers. Their offense is just horrible. Buffalo teams have figured out how to stop Buffalo. You play a lot of zone defense. Just think you slow down that three and four wide receiver set, but I don't think it's going to be enough for New England. I'll pick Buffalo. One thought every game, Casey Joyner. Tennessee, Cincinnati, Joe Burrow uh, at home. Tennessee coming off of a loss. they got to go on the road, though. Burrow's been good, but the team has not been. No, and Cincinnati's allowed 25 more points in four straight games. Plus, the Bengals are going to be missing, I believe it's three offensive linemen in this matchup. And Tennessee's defense is not very good, but when you go up in there and you don't have Mixon and you don't have three offensive linemen, it's really tough for Burrow. So I'm picking Cincinnati. All right, uh, let's go to next up. Uh, it's Vegas and Cleveland. This is an interesting one. Two franchises who have been a mess. Uh, you know, Cleveland obviously has been much better this year. No OBJ. Vegas going on the road to Cleveland. Kind of an intriguing matchup here. It is. Uh, Cleveland's now, after last week, they've scored five games with 32 or more points. And the problem is they've given up 30 or more points on five occasions. They give up 72 points in the past two weeks. The Silver and Black could keep up in that. But Las Vegas has posted 23 or fewer points in three of the last four games. So I think it's a high-scoring game, but Cleveland is better suited for that, so I'm going to pick them. Colts are a road favorite heading to Detroit against the Lions, who came off a win last week. It was kind of a weird win. They got it uh, when Atlanta actually scored a touchdown, and it cost them. But the Colts here go on the road as a favorite. Uh, do they do get uh, a road win? Todd Gurley with one of the all-time gas. Not, not stopping at the end. He even said he was going to do it beforehand. Um 
Detroit's got a plus five turnover mark over the past few weeks, and they've not had a more than one turnover in a single contest. I mean, they're doing a lot of things well, and Philip Rivers does throw a lot of interceptions, but Colts are going to get Darius Leonard back in their lineup this week. He changes their defensive set up. He makes the game makes them just a much better defense. He's maybe the best linebacker in the league, so I'm going to pick the Colts with this one pretty handily. Minnesota heading to Green Bay. Obviously, the Vikings, all sorts of problems this year. What a disappointing season, but they remind me a lot of Atlanta, a team that had some expectations and can sneak up on anyone, but can they sneak up in Green Bay against the Packers? Turnovers have been their problem. They've had three turnovers, at least they've given three turnovers in three of the past five games. They've not had more than a single takeaway in a, in a game this year. Not, not more than one. I mean, it's it's terrible. If you take out the game against Tampa, the Packers have posted 350 more yards, 30 more points, and zero turnovers in every matchup this season. I think the Green Bay Eagles is one pretty handily. All right, let's go to New York and Kansas City, one of the biggest lines over uh, 19 and a half. It's been over 20 at some places. The worst team, the Jets. Many people think the best team is Kansas City, although I think Dallas might be the worst team. Now, uh, I don't see any way that you think the Jets win this game. Oh my God! I do the the, you know, the confidence level picks for Pick Watch, and I never pick games of the ten confidence level. This is one that I did. It was just there's so many things that lead that that direction. You know, the, the Jets last week, 190 net offensive passing yards, 91 net passing yards against the Bills defense that hadn't been doing very well, and their defense allowed 400 or more yards for the third time. So I think this, if this isn't a, a, a 21 point blowout or more, I'd be surprised. All right, L.A. heading to Miami. This one's interesting. You got uh, going across the country. Miami's a road uh, underdog in this game and the debut with Tua. It is. Uh, yeah, we got and Brian Flores is doing a coach of the year caliber job down there. This is not as good of a team as their record says. He's getting the most out of them. And it's a big change to go to Tua. Problem is the Rams have posted 110 or more rushing yards in all but one game. They've allowed fewer than 300 net offensive yards in three of the past four games and only get up 53 points over the past four contests. It doesn't seem like they're playing really well. I mean, they've got a good record, but you don't think it was like a really top caliber team. They're not far from it. So even though I think it's going to be close, I'll take the Rams on this one. One thought, every game with Casey Joyner. This one could be the game of the weekend. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Baltimore at home. Pittsburgh, obviously, this is a battle for first place in the AFC North. I worry about that for the Ravens. I mean, this is a, a, a slugfest. It's definitely a toss-up game. The Ravens have tallied 200 or fewer, 200 or fewer in net passing yards in four of the past five games. And Baltimore's defense has been somewhat hit or miss. They, they've got some categories where they don't do very well. They get a lot of takeaways. So it's going to come down to if Ben throws interceptions. If he makes mistakes like he did last week, Baltimore wins this one. But I have a feeling the Steelers are going to be just a bit more consistent. And because they've scored 26 or more points in every contest this year, I think they can outscore Baltimore by a small margin. All right, Chargers-Denver. We know Denver had some COVID issues going on there. The Chargers, I love the kid Herbert, man. He's been so much fun to watch. Uh, Locke, not as fun, but uh, two young quarterbacks. (laughs) Yeah, not quite as much fun for Locke. I wonder if he changed situations. He might be a little better. Uh, LA's got 430 more offensive yards in three of the past five games. They've got zero turnovers the past two contests. That was Herbert's problem right off the bat. It seemed like uh, Inkling was like, I don't want to start him because he's throwing picks. He's not doing that yet. The Broncos have scored 21 or fewer points in all but one game this year. I just think the Chargers could put their foot in the gas better than the Broncos game. Yeah, uh, it's a shame for uh, the uh, Chargers that the, you know the team around him is not very good because he's fun to watch. All right, let's go to New Orleans and the Bears. Bears 5-2, and two, but they're a home underdog here. This New Orleans fear. Do you feel like the Saints don't feel the same as they have the last couple of years, but somehow they're a road favorite here? Yeah, they, they do because people – it used to be that uh, they could – and they were – they're, try, they're having to be more of a run-heavy team, maybe not in the last couple of games, but over the course of the season. They, they've wanted to be a run-heavy team, and now they're having to be a run-heavy team. 
and their defense, they're leaning on running in defense more than they have. So just as I feel like a usual Saints team because they've fewer than 300 passing yards in four out of six games this year. But the, the Bears' defense has only scored, tw- or, uh, they've, they've, you know, the Bears' defense has a lot many points, but the Bears' offense doesn't score either. So I'll pick the Saints by a small margin. All right, uh, let's go to San Francisco, Seattle. Good one in that NFC West, which is filled with good games, obviously, when they all get together. Seattle coming off the loss, no defense. Their defense is bad, man. And San Francisco, winners of three straight, and they seem to be the team that no one knows what to think about in that division. If they were more consistent, I'd probably pick them because Seattle, they've allowed 400 more yards in every game and 500 more yards in three games. I mean, they've, they've got a fantastic offense. Maybe the most entertaining offense since the greatest show on turf, but and they just put up 570 yards against the Cardinals. That's huge. San Francisco's held four fewer teams of three to draw uh, more, uh, fewer offensive yards. Their offense has racked up 40 yards on three occasions, so I think they can keep up. But I'm just going to pick Cardinal, or rather the Seahawks by a slight margin because they got more pass to victory. All right, uh, Dallas and Philly is the Sunday night game. Casey, you'll be back on Monday to give us a thought on the Tampa Bay Giants game. That's your Monday night football game. So, Casey Joyner, Dallas and Philly, Sunday night football. Who wins and why? Well, the Eagles, even though they've had all those injuries across their offensive platoon, they're getting some of the players back. They still posted 22 or more points in five straight games and 330 more offensive yards in all but one game. I'm looking at the Cowboys going, do they get 200, 250 uh, offensive yards in this contest? I could see them being that bad. I could see fewer than 200 yards from them in this offense. So uh, between that and the Eagles' defense playing a lot better of late and the Cowboys' rush defense being as bad as we said it was earlier, I'm picking the, the Eagles with a confidence level of eight in this one. Wow, confidence level eight. All right, so uh, Eagle fans, Sit back, relax, and enjoy Sunday Night Football right here on 97.3 ESPN. He's Casey Joyner, thefootballscientist.com, and, of course, he, like all guests on this Friday, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. He's back on Monday with one thought on every Week 8 game. Casey, enjoy the football. Thanks, Mike. All right, there he goes. Casey Joyner, the football scientist. says confidence level 8.5. Love that. Love it. How about you? Your confidence level. Yeah, I've been confident all week. This Dallas team stinks, and I told you I don't get mad at too much. If the Eagles lose this game, I'm not. I would. I would pretty much. I don't bail on much. But if they can't beat this team, that's bad. Yeah, it's horrendous. So, you know, last year when they lost to the Dolphins, people were up in arms. I was. I didn't care. I was one. I just don't care who you lose to. I'm normally that way though, but that one felt different to me. I normally do lean towards you more than most, though. It's like you're going to lose bad games. you got to know well, that back on there it. will be good wins that it's like, wow, we beat that team? That's crazy. And then yeah. there'll be bad losses. Yeah. But that one was that one hit different yeah. for me. Looking back, though, three weeks later, you forgot about it. That's true. Yeah. Uh, this one's different, though. If you can't figure out a way to beat this team, I, I feel like that kind of look, can things change? Always. Things could always change. But this would be very disappointing. If you can't figure out, this is a bad Dallas. This is about as bad as a Dallas situation that I can ever remember. I mean, I'm going back to the 1-15 in 15 year. That's Absolutely. A, that's that's going back when I was in middle school, when they were 1-15. in 15. At least they had Troy Aikman and, and, and Michael Irvin and, and Emmett Smith. Like, they were getting their pieces, like, off the ground. This team's got nothing. Defensively, they're horrible. Their offensive line is just terrible. Now, they have weapons. I mean, they do have weapons, but even the quarterback situation's a disaster for them. So, I'd be thoroughly, thoroughly disappointed on Monday if you come in here and lose this game. I mean, the, the way I felt Thursday night when they were down, whatever it was, 21-10, 
with six and a half minutes left. I'm like, dude, they're going to lose to the Giants. And they're getting beat. They're getting blown out by the Giants. They're down two scores to the Giants. I felt like crap. I would feel worse. What if it's the same scenario? What if they're down big with six minutes to go and Carson does it again? Will you feel good that they won or would you be disappointed because it was an ugly one? If their defense gives up three scores, uh, three touchdowns to this team, 21 points, I mean, they do have some weapons. It's funny how that would be viewed. If the Eagles scored, let's just say, just because the Dallas Cowboys are that horrendous defensively, if they scored 40 and allowed 21, you would be okay with that. If the Eagles offense scored 30 and they allowed 21, or if the Eagles scored 28 and they allowed 21, you'd probably view the 21 differently. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, 21 in general, I think. I mean, yeah, if they score 40 and they give 21 because, yeah, they get like a, you know. They play the sticks. Yeah. Mm. The offensive line issues they had. Danny White said it. Until their offensive tackles figure out who they're supposed to block. Their offensive line, their tackles are terrible. Yeah, it's, imagine Brown playing in all positions, yes. except for getting their guys back now is different, but if Brown was filling in the rest of the line, that's essentially what you got. Their tackles, you know, Schultz and uh, I don't even know who is playing the other spot now. The kid Knight got hurt. He was horrendous. Um... Zach Martin being back is a big help. I mean, he helps the the, the 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 interior of that line. But their tackles are bad. Bad. All right, let's get the picks. All Ooh. right, here we go. I got the Eagles, 28. The Cowboys, 15. 28 to 15. Birds get the victory. Nice win. Covers as well. 28-15. Covers the spread. An interesting score. That's where we're going. Yeah, I got 34 Nine. 34-9. Okay. Yep. 34-9. I would like to think this defense is going to hold them under 10, but you know how it could be sometimes. Yeah, I think this is one of the worst Cowboys teams I've seen in a while. You're not wrong when you and say that. There's Look, I've gone on the last couple of years. I said I thought the Cowboys roster was You know, at the beginning of this year, I picked the Eagles to win this division. And the reason was the COVID situation. The coaching staff knew each other. That's what Danny Lloyd said. He had but you're seeing um, this this team's just not very good talent-wise. They just aren't great. Um, they got bad personnel. They went out and signed names. He's mentioned Poe, HaHa, Clinton Dix. They're all cut. They're gone. Uh, this team has made a lot of changes already this week, and I think you're about to see more. They lose this week again. But, yeah, 34-9 will be mine. Maybe 34. You change it. I'm trying to picture and get a little crystal ball in my head. Maybe 17. Whoa, that's a big jump. Wait, giving them a touchdown, getting a two-point conversion? Yeah, I'm going to go 34 Can you do 17. that? Are you allowed to change like that? I didn't go to commercial yet. Okay. I didn't know if that was the rule. 34-17 is the pick. All right. We got it. That's official. All right, we got five on the other side to wrap up the show. It's the NFL on. You ready for competition? It's time for five questions. Three ain't enough, man. I need five. All right, time for five questions to wrap up the show. There's no place like your home. And if you have a leak or need a new roof, call Dorothy Gale Roofing, 877-97-KEVIN, or visit them online at DorothyGale.com. You think Mike D'Antoni is upset that he uh, resigned, didn't get a job, and now he's got to be an assistant to one of his former players? I don't think so. 
Because I don't think he would have accepted that job yet. Don't you think he maybe, I don't know, be waiting around still? There's no other jobs. Everything is filled? Every it's single still, one? Yeah. What job's still open? I don't know. Pacers I'm to job think. filled. Sixers job's filled. Uh, Pacers. Oh, Pelicans, uh, Pelicans as well now. Yeah, filled. I guess Clippers they all did. Filled. Filled. Yeah. So he resigned from the Rockets. Rockets job's filled. Uh, he resigned from the Rockets, and he's uh, on the outside looking at it. I don't think he's upset about it. You're playing with – you got Kevin Durant. You got Kyrie. You're in a good spot to maybe win a championship. Yeah, you're a good spot, but you were the head coach. Now you're just a guy. Maybe he lets it uh, burn him inside so he can get the next opportunity. He's getting know? old. He is getting a little old. I don't know. I don't think he's that upset about it. Anyway, the five. Will Maialata play at all? Sure. I mean, one of those guys, Johnson or Peters, will have to leave the game for a snap or two or something. So, yeah, you'll see Jordan out there. But he should be starting at left tackle. Peters should be playing guard. Although, Sal Pal opened the door to think, hey, some things could change. I hope he's right. Will Denucci. Maybe, you know, without knowing the designation for Lane Johnson, he figured if Lane Johnson plays, then Maialata will play left. And But I don't think that happens. Will Danucci throw an interception? Three. three. Three interceptions. Yeah. And he'll throw a sling of pie. Okay. Pepperoni. So you have three interceptions for Danucci. I was going to ask you if Zeke is going to fumble because he's had some major fumbling issues. That means the Eagles are going to get four turnovers plus if you say yes. Yeah, I'm going no fumble for Zeke. No fumble? He's nah. had some big-time problems. He has, but, I mean, that usually happens like in bunches or a game. All right, I couldn't get a lot of the player props on DraftKings right now at this moment, but will Jalen Rieger get over under five and a half receptions? This is me making my own number. No. Okay. I don't under. think he's a volume kind of guy. I know. I know. I was thinking, should I made it four and a half? Would you have been struggling a bit more if I went four and a half? Maybe. Damn. <laughs> Can I go back? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> What do you think the actual number is? I think it's going to be five. Do they have that on the... I couldn't find it right now. Oh, I was going to say, I didn't know they even offered that. Yeah, it's not available right now. All player props right now, I couldn't find on this specific game. Maybe they're waiting for something. That specific game? Yeah, that specific game. Was it Danucci? Could it be Danucci holding up the whole betting world? Could you imagine that? What's that? Uh, Eagles, Cowboys, Sunday night. I'll have to see if I can find it. How about this? Carson Wentz, will he score a rushing touchdown? I like that one. You like that one? Yeah, I mean, he's been running a lot these last couple of weeks. He's been tucking, going. Plus, you know, they don't have a great goal line back. So when they get inside the goal line there, typically they have to go to uh, to him to do the QB sneak. Right. All right, cool. I like your answers so far. Three interceptions for Danucci. Who's getting those interceptions on the backside? Little Jalen Mills? No, I got one for Slay. Okay. I'm going to go... Give me Alex Singleton. Whoa. Him trying to go a little uh, pop, pop pass or hey. something to the tight end. And who gets the third one? I'm going to go uh, Rodney McLeod. Yeah. Nice. Rodney McLeod. Three interceptions. So I wonder if people will be screaming to fire Jim Schwartz after a performance like that from the defense. Probably not. Really? Probably not. You don't. People don't uh, scream and yell and stomp their feet. After every single game. It's just like once in a while and then Well that's what's funny to me. It's like, okay, Jim Schwartz can have five good games and then on the sixth that's game my point. he has a stinker, fire him, fire him, fire right. him, and then he goes on a stretch of five good games again. Yeah, that's my point. Like 
Well, you'll see people do it in mid-game, like, oh, it's my weekly reminder that Jim Schwartz is the worst. It's like, dude, you don't have a clue. Yeah, because one guy made a mistake and didn't even run the right play that was called. You're going to blame Jim Schwartz for that on one play when he had 30 good play calls before that. Yeah, it's like sample every um, front office executive or you know defensive mind in football, and they're like, you know, Jim Schwartz is a top 15 defensive coordinator in the league. I say 15, I'm giving some cushion there. Yet, Joe Schmo in Ventnor is like, he's the worst! Yeah, I would say he's probably in that top 10, closer to the 10 area. That right? Like that 10? He's had a 20 plus year career of being a D coordinator. And I always go back to this. This is my fallback, but I, I feel like it speaks volume of how good he is as a coordinator. We all sit here and scream that the man makes no adjustments. We all sit here and scream that... You know what, though? That's every... Uh, you're you're like, right. But he has so much success when every coach going against him knows what he's going to do. It's not rocket science, yet it works. It works! So here's one. The Eagles to win by... 25 to 30 points, plus 950. No, I'm not taking that. How about... Philly to win by... 19 to 24. No. Plus 525. I mean, I guess it's worth it because the odds are so boosted, but I don't believe that's really going to hit. Philly to win by 37 to 42. Plus 3,300. You taking any of those? I might. I never. I, I don't really dive that deep into these things, but could be bored this weekend. It's supposed to rain all night. I got to actually call the football game. I'm going home. Call the game from my porch. Non-stop work out of you. St. Augustine, Williamstown. I'll have to call at 7 o'clock.